This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Our story this week picks up where we left off last week. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha in caverns deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you to episode 715 of the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Book Podcast. I'm your head number one, the internet's Joe Patrick. I'm your head number two. My name's Matt Bum, and it's time for another back issue show here. This time, it's the Slack Issues Reign of the Superman edition. The Slack Issues Super Crew is reuniting to discuss what happens when four new super peeps pop up in the wake of Superman's death at the hands of Doomsday. Spoiler. And that was it. That was the last we saw of Superman. True story. After that, we'll set you up with our must-read picks for next week's new comics. But now, get ready to wonder why anyone would confuse these new Supermans with Big Blue himself. It's Slack Issue time in the cigarette. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Slack Issues Holiday Special. This time it's Labor Day. We are actually recording on Labor Day. This is Reign of the Supermen. Now, you might be wondering, just Reign of the Supermen? Is this going to be a 15-hour-long episode? No, because modern reprints of the story split Reign and Return into two different traits. So... This will be the first half, Reign of the Supermen. I am joined, as always, with my co-host. His name is Matt Baum. Hey, dear. And the Slack Issue Super Crew, Hugo Tverdick, Hugo's dad, John Tverdick, and Joe, Mr. McAlunas. Guys, welcome to the Ziggurat. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you. I thought we were going to go with Hugo Tverdick's dad's friend, Joe, Mr. Mick. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. That's good. We can do that. We can do that, too. Right. You know what? Joe is more than John's friend, so no. He, he gets his own. I mean, if you say uh, But so. I'm just Hugo's dad. Yeah. So. He is. Yeah, John is just Hugo's dad. <laughs> the story thus far, when last we met, Superman is dead. A war has been waged for control of its earthly remains. After finally being laid to rest, Superman and his dying father fought a spiritual battle to escape the demonic clutches of Lady Blaze. Ugh. After father and son fled into a portal to the unknown, Pa Kent woke in the land of the living, and four mysterious yet familiar heroes emerged. The reign of the Superman has begun! Gentlemen, thoughts before we get into it. <sighs> <laughs> I'm just glad we're out of. I'm glad to get out of heaven. I'll say that. I'm just glad we're out of heaven. We're back in Metropolis. You know, there's a, it's. I think it was good that we ended up doing that issue as its own thing because it's kind of a weird outlier. It was a weird outlier. It is weird. My my only thought before we dive in is I we said this after funeral. We were like, get ready, Matt. This it gets wild. But this wasn't as wild as I remember it being. It really wasn't. No, I. You know what? I think it gets wilder in the second half. In in return, yeah, maybe in the maybe. return half. Uh, so that'll be our grand finale. Fittingly enough, the the, the yeah, wilder stuff go. comes at the end. All right. Uh, so just a couple of notes here. Um, 
all of the creative teams are the same for all of the individual titles. So I'm going to read the creative teams off once and then you can just assume it's the same dudes that are doing the next chapters of that book. Dudes and lady dudes. Dudes and, well, yes, dudes and lady dudes. Yeah, Weezy's, Weezy's here. here. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, Glenn Whitmore, who has colored the entire Superman line for the entirety of the 90s, is doing <laughs> stellar work, as usual. Uh, for the sake of clarity and, you know, not having to repeat stupid nicknames over and over again, I'm not going to call the guy the man of steel the entire time. We know he's steel, okay? Uh, I'm not going to call Superboy the, the boy that claims to be Superman. I'm going to call him Superboy. So get on board with that. Not you guys. I know you guys are on board with that. I'm just talking to the listeners here. All right. First chapter is Action Comics number 687. It's written by Roger Stern with art by Jackson Geis and Dennis Rodier or Denny Rodier. It's only got one in there. I think it's all French. Yeah. Denny Rodier. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a little bit of a recap for you. The Southern Lights are going crazy as some wacky shit goes down in the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, they are. <laughs> the Fortress robots work to retrieve the essence of a being trapped in energy form following, quote, the dysfunction of the corporeal body, end quote. That being, whose memory is fractured, learns of recent events, then flees to Metropolis and attempts to merge with Superman's body. Is he successful? Is this Superman? All we know is that he's back to flesh and blood, so that's certainly what we're supposed to think. The mystery man whose eyes are all messed up and seems much more cold, distant, and alien swipes his cape and heads back to the fortress where he learns the extent of his new abilities and decides to take on a much more murderous approach to crime fighting. He makes a splash back in Metropolis where he meets Lois Lane, telling her, quote, Kent is gone. There is only Superman now. Meanwhile, Bibbo decides to do his part to keep the city safe, Ugh. and Supergirl decides to investigate this deadly new Superman. Gentlemen, you have the floor. <laughs> Bibbo. <laughs> I can't handle it. He puts it. on his Superman costume as best he can. It. He's got a Superman oh. t-shirt, oh. boxing shorts, they just, long johns. They yeah. just, I will say this is the least annoying Bibbo is in this trade. Yeah. Like but, this issue. But, he gets pretty bad. But still, they're just like, <laughs> you know, the, uh, whatever. I'm not going to go into it. Um, I love Ray-Ban Superman. I love him. I love him. Raven. Yes. He's such a badass. It doesn't make any sense. There's no way anyone in their right mind would be like, yeah, that's totally Superman. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that he, he looks a lot like him. He yeah, looks exactly like, I'll he give looks you exactly that. like he looks exactly like Superman. Sure. Like, sure. I don't know if I showed up and I was dunking basketballs, would you be like, yeah, that's totally Matt bomb. He's always been that guy. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I get your point. I, I mean, I, I totally get your point, but like consider the fact that out of all the supermen, he looks the he's most, the, he's the one that yeah. looks like that looks like Superman with sunglasses. on. He definitely looks the most like Superman. I'll give you that. Yeah, definitely. And I probably read this too fast when I was a kid. I never got that. Ray-Ban Superman wears the sunglasses because literally like the world is too bright. It's too much for him to take it. So like, yeah, that's yeah. Why he he, the world, the, his future's too bright. He's got to wear shades. So I have, wear shades. I have questions <laughs> about that, but I'll wait until we like learn who he actually is before I'll ask yeah. questions. Um, I also don't remember him being so talkative. Like his, and he's talkative in his word bubble. Like he is, oh, I always a, considered him way more like, um, 
Uh, like mysterious and he's like not terse, really mysterious. Yeah, stoic. yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the nineties for you. People are over narrating stuff, you know, well, it's it, also Roger Stern. Roger Stern's terrible about that. Like <laughs> his issues in this, the oh thought bubbles, God. there's every page is filled with thought bubbles. He wants you to know everybody's thoughts at all times. Roger Stern is getting paid by the word. It's pretty obvious. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> he did write the novelization, which is awesome though. Oh, did he it's really? True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really um, good. I love Butch Geis. I really do. Great artist. Why can nobody at this time draw Supergirl and make her look flattering at all? She looks terrible in everything, every panel. She looks. Woof. Well, you got to make it about her looks, man. I, because she looks terrible. And Supergirl's gorgeous. And she gets a <laughs> panty shot in this too, guys. Like, really? <laughs> Come on. What is this? Manga? Uh, oh, you know what? Uh, but if we recall from our funeral discussion, um, Butch Geis did a lot of that kind of stuff with Supergirl. A lot of like weird, sexy mm-hmm. poses. Yeah. And he definitely, he's into like, her. I'm just saying he's not doing her any favors. And Lois's outfit, the purple thing she's wearing. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, that beret. That beret is, is oh, pretty excellent. There's crime. A, a lot of, a lot of berets. Uh, he, Roger Stern had Maggie uh, Sawyer in a beret. Yes, in the, it's in bizarre. The stuff. It's like all the dudes fashion looks, you know, okay. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll buy but the women are just like, I'm going to dress like a crazy woman today. <laughs> and like, look, man, I was, when I was, uh, like, I'm not saying I've ever been the king of fashion, obviously not, but I was, what year was this? 1993. So I was 14, 15 when this came out. I know enough to know that there is no human woman on earth dressing this way. No, like no, <laughs> women no. do not. Women did not dress like this in the nineties. I mean, nineties fashion was not kind to women either, but th- this is ridiculous. But this was, yeah, no, this was like, yeah, this was like some dude thinking, yeah, this looks good. And again, Lois comes face to face with this guy that looks just like her dude. I get it. Totally get that. Yeah. She's upset. Sure. This guy has just murdered somebody. And she's like, Clark, is that you? No, no, of well, course but, it's and, not. But, uh, and he says, you know, uh, well, like, how would you react though? It's like, I mean, come on. I'd be like, you're not Clark. Clark doesn't murder people. I know that. <laughs> like, well, he's been known through him for some quite some stuff. time. Come on, man. <laughs> so. And this is the start of something that really annoys me with Lois is that it's, it's, all, it's like the editorial or the writers weren't communicating because every time she meets a new one, she doesn't bring up the other ones she just met. Oh, yeah. She acts like she's meeting this a potential <laughs> new Superman for the first time. And like, every time when she like, meets Cyborg Superman, she doesn't bring up Ray-Ban Superman who nope. she's already met. And she's like, maybe that's you, Clark. I yeah, mean, she also, yeah, she also... Maybe your yeah, face she is also, blown apart and you're part robot now. You know, like She but, also <laughs> thinks that you. maybe there's a chance that this is the real guy brought back to life. She's and it's also, like, really? The teenager? Like, because he's looking yeah. his hair back? The but world, we're going to get into that. I actually mentioned that in my The world's best investigator. Of reporter, by the way, I'd like. It's not like she's just like you yeah. know a, a third grade teacher or something. No, it's been a matter. It's been a matter of weeks. She's distraught in mourning. Things are going she's on. One of Pulitzer. I think we can maybe give her a little bit of grace here. But somebody said at the top, though, the colors in this issue are fantastic. They are. Uh, and that first page, the, the born lights. again with like yeah. the gradient, it looks like a oh, yeah, chill wave record that awesome. would come out now. It totally like, does. Yeah. Like a it's neon beautiful. Indian <laughs> Yeah, it's so awesome. Uh, and I read somewhere, and I was trying to find it before we started, but I, uh, the, the, uh, I think it was mycomicshop.com said that um, all Superman titles at the time started to use a new upgraded color process that increased the color palette. Um, but like, it's yeah, really clear that here. About, that seems about right. It's a great yeah, looking beautiful. issue. I think the only time it falls down yeah. is when they're drawn Supergirl for some reason. It's like, I think he went out yeah, of his I way agree. to make her too sexy and failed. 
And it's just like, mm-hmm. uh, awkward, weird. <laughs> you know? Well, I'm sorry she's not just sexy enough for you, uh, Goldilocks. <laughs> look, I'll, look, I'll take her macho if that's what you want to do, but that's not what you're doing here, okay? Um, I also really love how the uh, how Ray-Ban Superman looks before he goes back to being flesh and blood. That like... Oh, yeah, that like pink yeah, energy. energy. Energy being was yeah. like the kind of grading inside of need, his body. I'm going to need help crackle. with that later, too. So remind me to ask about that later, because I, I have no clue what's going on here. It's, it's so funny, like, how many, like, comic writers uh, are, like, uh, have this, like, God complex, whether it's Vision or whomever, like, when they, like, birth a new being, they always do the I am Every time. Thing. Every, right. Every damn time. time. Yeah. And it's it's in Avengers Age of Ultron, like, oh, yeah. even Visions, the show, and it's just like, guys, we get it. Yeah. What is up? What is this? are gods. What is I this exist. <laughs> right. and, and also, if this, if this guy's supposed to be Superman, he, why would he... <laughs> Why would he think that yeah, way? Like, I get that his memories are fractured. Why wouldn't he instead be going, what the hell? What the hell is right. going on? Oh God. That's, it's like, that's I gotta the kill biggest day. red spinning right. siren that this is not Superman, you know? <laughs> sure. And, and like, look, we all knew without knowing at the time, but we didn't actually know anything. We I didn't suppose, know what yeah, DC was going to do. We didn't think DC was ever going to kill Superman. So at this point, yeah, it's possible. They could have said, like, yeah, this guy that's vaporizing people with his new energy powers is the real super. Like, we didn't know. Fair. Even though, you know, like, it would be very quickly. We did, but we didn't. <laughs> right, right. And and Reign of the Superman, though there are a lot of chapters, it actually goes by in real time much faster than you may remember. I feel like I read this in an hour, by the way. It's only like three chapters of each. It's only like three or four chapters of each book and then a couple of uh, epilogues. And that's the end. And that's it. So let's jump to the next one. Next up, we have Superman, the Man of Steel, number 22. It's written by Louise Simonson with art by John Bogdanov Mm -hmm. and Dennis Janke. Here is your recap. Genius scientist in hiding, John Henry Irons, entertains the children in his neighborhood when gang violence erupts, killing several R.I.P. Zoid. John Henry leaps into action to stop the assailants seemingly performing superhuman feats of strength and agility. By the way, this is never mentioned again. John Henry is seriously wounded and the gunmen escape, but not before he recognizes the deadly weapons that they were using. As he recovers in the hospital, he tells his friends Keith and Myra the story of how Superman saved him from a high-rise construction accident and inspired him to make his life count for something. We are also reminded of his first appearance, uh, which was in Action Comics, or pardon me, Adventures of Superman 500, where he emerges from the rubble of Superman's battle with Doomsday. All of this is important because even though there are hints or quote-unquote hints, that John Henry may somehow be the embodiment of Superman. They aren't trying to hide the fact that he's his own man, not somebody pretending to be the real deal. John uses the forge that is for some reason in his basement apartment <laughs> to create a suit of armor. I mean, maybe it's the boiler room. Who knows? They I don't know. build them like there's they a used forge to. Huh? <laughs> there's a forge down there. He creates a suit of armor and he becomes the man of steel. Just in time because the gang is back for retaliation. Steel saves the people in his building and his fortune teller neighbor Mm. floats the idea to a reporter that Steel may be inhabited by the soul of Superman. (laughs) Sure. 
Stranger things have happened. Why not? <laughs> Stranger things have happened. <laughs> this is Metropolis, where nobody knows who Superman is or all right. has any idea what he's like. <laughs> all right, all right. The gang's weapons, BG-80s, a.k.a. Toastmasters, are almost too formidable for steel. R.I.P. Mucus. Can we learn that John was the one that developed the super weapons during his time as a defense contractor or whatever the hell his position was? <laughs> this is why he's been living in Metropolis under an alias. Uh, he ran from his secret shame and uh, bad things. A mysterious woman named the White Rabbit, oh. Barf, is the one who's been funneling the Toastmasters into Metropolis. She also has some kind of past connection to John. Meanwhile, Myra, Keith's foster mom or whatever group home leader, is hot for John's bod. A random cowboy shows up out of nowhere and is hot for Lois's bod. Pa Kent wonders if his boy got himself a new bod. And Lex wants to use Steel's bod to take out White Rabbit. Boys, let's go. First off. Bogdanov is on full display and I love it. Yeah, big. Love it. First off, if you are in a gang with a person named Mucus, I want to know what the name of your gang is, and you need to oh, rethink some things. <laughs> don't you worry. We'll touch on that in, a, in the well, future chapter. And your name is Dutch, remember? So yeah, Dutch, your name is Dutch kills Mucus, because Louise Simonson knows everything about street culture. It's I very, love very that clear. there's a, a gang member named Zoid. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah, like, not Zoid. Zoids were those wind up <laughs> robot dinosaurs in the eighties. You know that you like put together like a model and like, obviously yeah. some hard gangsters like, yeah, man, I'm Zoid. <laughs> yeah. I remember those things. Yeah. 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 So we said this last time, but I do think the, the violence in this book, like it really did sh- like shake me when I read it as a kid. I thought it was like There's jarring smoking uh, skeletons and stuff and big holes yeah. in people's chests. And I got to ask, I know you guys love John Bogdanov, and I'm not accusing the man of anything. But there were some panels that I looked at, and I thought to myself, hmm, is that racist? <laughs> like, no, just, there's there's a few moments where it's... questionable um, things. <laughs> there's a few moments with the writing and with the art where yeah. it, it feels voyeuristic and attempting to, like... Uh, bring like, a certain culture of life that you don't yeah, understand or have any animals, overly, you know? overly exaggerated features. What you know? is coming like, off this one guy's head? It looks like he has broken glass. It's hair. I mean, but yeah, head. that's a weird thing. It's a weird artistic <laughs> like, choice, but it's gotta be that? hair. What else, what else is going to be? And then his buddy yeah. is really Santa into Claus acupuncture. <laughs> It is just, and so we all, we also uh, talked about this before, and I feel like now I really do. I gave Matt Matt shit about this last time, but now I'm kind of on Matt's side, and I need to discuss it. Is uh, so what is Steel's suit? Is it skin tight? I don't know. Is it an Iron Man armor because it forms to his head and he his mouth opens? Like because he definitely what are we dealing with here opens up, but he like opens up this whatever the furnace and makes a suit so that we assume it's made of steel. But when he wears it, it's all bendy and does whatever he needs it to do. <laughs> and it forms to his mouth yes. like uh, like Mister Miracle's mask. Totally, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's never really explained in any of these early appearances, but Steel does eventually graduate to his own ongoing solo series and um 
you know, it gets into a lot about his background and like the guy is a genius weapons developer. So I think it's safe to infer that this is essentially an Iron Man suit and he was capable of building it in his basement with scraps. Like Tony Stark was able to build the Mark one in a cave with scraps. Melted down a bunch of paper Except these aren't scraps. He had actual (laughs) tools and a forge and all sorts of stuff. And so it's pro it's probably full of circuitry. I mean, he's got rocket boots and like a wrist mm-hmm. cannon that yep. shoots, um, that shoots Bolts. rivets because he's they're they're um, railroad spikes because he's real into that John Henry thing. Oh yeah, got to stick to um, it. Like Henry why are they railroad, why are they railroad spikes? Well, but he, obviously he's hands. shooting railroad spikes because I mean, he's he wants Metropolis man. to believe that Superman has returned and Superman flew no, around shooting railroad in, spikes. No. <laughs> This is, this is very important right from the jump that this this man, John Henry Irons, I never agree. once makes a claim that he is super. I agree. It is the writers who force that into the plot with this yeah. stupid, uh, stupid, like, like it's almost like it's almost like there was a mandate where every writer was asked to cast doubt on whether or not. Superman was somehow reincarnated as this being or right. reborn as this being or rebuilt into a robot version of this being. I'll or give you whatever. Ray-Ban Superman looks like Superman. Steel yeah, comes and like out Super of the Boy, earth like and they're Superboy like, is a clone, you know, like, like Superman. The, the rest of them, are, the rest of them are plausible, but this one is the biggest stretch where the psychic is like yeah. a spirit walked into his body. That's yeah. Superman. Like, you guys, I'm telling on. you, I think you're being too literal. I think that like, I think that the goal is to say, you have a gradient of clones. One is like, oh, he was put back together as a robot. One is it's literally him. One is, oh, it makes sense if he was cloned and he's growing from scratch. And then one is somebody who's inspired by it. And I think that was their goal was to like make all of that a very malleable concept of clones sure. or the Superman. Right. Um, and I don't think, so I don't think they're trying to pass off that this is Superman at all. Um, I, I think, I think, I don't think that the writers, I don't think that the marketing writers did are necessarily, marketing did it yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like, I don't think that they're necessarily expecting the fans to think that, but I think that they inserted that nonsense so that we could have a scene where Lois goes, but he acts so much like Clark, you know, like, yeah, for right. sure. Like, and so then there was more stop. more books on the stands that had more Supermen. Like, right, right. That's, yeah, that's exactly. absolutely but, part like, of it. I, I, I agree with you, John. Like from the moment he emerged from that rubble in Adventures of Superman 500, John Henry Irons was never meant to be anything other than Steel. Mm-hmm. Like his, and, and his honestly, own individual character. And having read it now as an adult, I'm like, he's 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 inspired by uh now you know john henry now he's inspired by superman and it's like you kind of feel bad for the guy you're like you're kind of a lost soul you don't really know who you are <laughs> well, i mean he is like that's his that's kind of his old deal now, because john yeah to punch a hole in what you were just saying but right here lois says the fascist in shades and the man of steel the fortune teller said is superman returned in a different body and she's like how can this be happening? <laughs> right. But yeah, like, I don't think like, I don't think any, like, why would any, I don't think any readers, even, even kids w- at the time would have read that and went, no, no, but I'm reading it going, Lois, shut up. <laughs> yeah, no, it's dumb. And who is and, cowboy dude? In the Lois at this time is not firing on all cylinders. Oh my God, I'm no. chopping really? it up to grief. Oh God. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, she's kind of uh, rudderless at this time. Like it's been yeah. several weeks. 
like in a, in a in a couple of chapters they're gonna they're gonna like like make a definitive like Clark is dead, right? You know, kind of kind of moment. And so yeah, she's mentally kind of emotionally kind of in trouble. Who's cowboy and dude in the silk so, shirt? Yeah, so so the cowboys like uh, they're both dead. I'm yeah. here. Let yeah. me buy you Jeb. Yeah. Jeb. Jeb. Yeah. Who is uh, so I don't really sucks. know. I don't really know. You grab my ponytail. Yeah. Let's go oh, yeah. Dinner. That ponytail. It's like, it's like business in the front and party in the back, bro. <laughs> like, Jeb Friedman. Yeah. Jeb Friedman. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's favorite Jewish cowboy, Jeb Friedman. <laughs> hey, there's Jewish cowboys oh, out also, there. Also, he's a... He describes himself as a quote unquote union wrangler. I don't know what that means. What, what is a union wrangler? Well, that sounds like he breaks up strikes or something. <laughs> like, right. like he's one of the bulls that comes in and rolls the strike, you know, like, I don't know. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know if Jeb made any appearances prior to this issue. It doesn't matter because I don't think we ever see Jeb again after this storyline is over. I so, hope he falls down a well. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be nice. I, I hate him. <laughs> But I will say, uh, Alexander Luther shows up to say, don't worry, everybody. If you thought Lois's hair was bad, wait till you see how John Bogdanov draws my hair. Oh, no. It's uh, Le- Lex Luther Jr. Beautiful, man. Oh, Lex no, Luther Jr. Yeah. Oh, Alex. Pardon me. This uh, is Alex. luscious, yeah. flowing. He doesn't go by Alex. He goes. He's Lex Jr. He goes by oh, Lex, Lex Luther Jr. Jr. Sorry. Sorry. Um, Alexander Luther is a whole different Oh my God. <laughs> Whole different podcast. We're not going to do that. We're not just now with the 10 football. All right. Should we get to 78? Superman 78? Yeah, baby. This is a good one. I, I like this one a lot. I love this issue. All right. Moving on. Superman 78, written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Jurgens and Brett Breeding. I would say of the four Superman titles, this is the closest one you would you would have to like a core title. Even though we still have action comics, like Superman is is like the the main thing. Dan Jurgens was the guy. Yeah, he was the big dude kind of steering this. Ship, he was right? kind of a he was a main driving force, okay. you know, at the time. So I like I always felt like if something happened in Superman, that's what you had to pay attention. To. So recap time: Lois is still in mourning, but that doesn't stop her from doing her job. She arrives at a LexCorp facility investigating claims that Superman showed up and prevented a nuclear disaster. What makes this claim different from the rest we've seen so far is that there is photo evidence. I mean, shitty photo evidence, but still. Yeah. You only see half of his face. Very convenient. (laughs) This new Superman visits Star Labs and learns that Project Cadmus has taken possession of Doomsday's body. I'm sure they're not planning to do anything shady with it. Up until the point of the big reveal, every time you see this character... He is obscured in yeah, some way. He's a shadow. Infrared in the shadows. Right. You're like whatever, or, whatever. But the lights are behind him or something. Right. You know, it's yeah. very mysterious. Lois learns that Superman's body is missing again and assumes, I think justifiably, that Cadmus is up to their old tricks. Suddenly, Cadmus is under attack and the assailant is none other than the cyborg Superman. <laughs> now, just point of order because we all know what we're getting into here in 2023 we obviously know that this is the villain of the story but we had no idea in 1993 of all of the new supermen he well looks is questionable but yeah. his human part Whoa. his human part his human part <laughs> his human part is his human parts are there 
He sounds and acts the most like the real deal and claims that his body had to be rebuilt due to the injuries suffered fighting Doomsday. Plausible. He does have death metal like lettering on his like dialogue though. So he's like, give him to me. No. (laughs) One quick interjection to to prove to prove Joe's point, Hugo just looked at me and said he's the villain because he hasn't read it all the way up. So he doesn't Oh dang it, I'm so sorry, Hugo. Uh, no, but it, but it shows you that that you're right. Like we didn't know, you don't know. Reading I mean, this. yeah, uh, Cy- cyborg. Uh, since the, his introduction, uh, the cyborg Superman has been a villain in Superman titles for the past like 30 years. So is this the first time major villain. we have met the character, though? Like Hank Henshaw. It is not. Okay, it is not the first time. And um, when his identity is revealed in the return uh, chapter, we, we'll get into that. Okay. Okay. Cyborg Superman has come to dispose of Doomsday once and for all. There's a great scene where he's gathering up the body, thinking things like the JLA should have done away with him. Green Lantern could have atomized him with his body, etc., etc. How its fists are still covered in his blood. And it's odd knowing what we know now, but I thought that that's a very great, powerful scene that actually feels like it's being narrated by the real Superman. Like, how dare they? basically put this thing on display instead of doing something with it to get rid of it. But he full on believes it's him. He's saying like my blood. They never even washed my blood off of your hands. Yes, the internal the internal narration is weird knowing what we know now and I think they kind of course correct because I'm not I don't think we get something like that. Okay, I was going to ask does this make sense? It sounds like it does I, I don't think we get that kind of internal monologue again okay. from this character. The cyborg hurls Doomsday's body into the void of space, supposedly never to be seen again. What could possibly happen? How could that go? Put, <laughs> puts a little puts a little tracking device on it. Yeah, hey, get out of here. <laughs> he returns to Earth and meets up with Lois, where he speaks to her. He says his memories are conveniently hazy, just like the Ray-Ban Superman's. But he knows things that only the real Superman should know. Like, he knows the name Kent, and he knows about a farm in Kansas. Plus... Professor Hamilton is able to confirm that his DNA is a match. He is the real deal, or so we are led to believe. I'm going to need to know why all this is happening late. I don't know if you can tell me now or later, but I'm going to need to know why. (laughs) Okay, I can do that. Okay. Not now, but I can. Okay. There's an answer for that. Pin in that. All right. Meanwhile, we see Doomsday's floating prison and learn the horrifying truth. Doomsday is alive! That does not come up again during this whole thing. That is something that Dan Jurgen sets up for uh, Superman Doomsday Hunter Prey, which is an awesome four-issue prestige format miniseries uh, where Doomsday, uh, uh, Darkseid finds Doomsday and shit goes down. That's awesome. All right, guys, let's get into it. What do you got? Again. Poor Lois shows up and looks at a robot <laughs> and goes, Clark, is that, is that you? Yeah, I mean, like, I'll... I'll and also, up. again, doesn't bring up Ray-Ban Superman. No, doesn't right. even mention. Like, at what point would you be like, all right, time out. <laughs> There's four There's of you. There's two of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's, I think it's kind of nebulous where these things are happening in relation when these things are happening in relation to one another like they came out according to the triangle numbering i get that you know, yeah 
but, but it's, it's it doesn't necessarily like we don't necessarily like how long ago did Lois meet Ray Ban Superman? Did it happen earlier that day? Still. You know, did it like I'm just saying? Like I think there's uh, some nebula. She's not wearing the same dumb. I outfit, think if they didn't but, if they didn't do the triangle numbering, I could I could say that's fine. But they are saying this order, or so, if they yeah, did like right? Lois and, and, bumps and into it, one of them and goes, "Is that you?" And then like I don't know, Lana Lang bumps into one of them. It's like, "Oh, is that you?" Like if four different people met them, right. it's like, "Is this Superman?" Maybe, but Lois and is the, there for all of them. <laughs> and the death and right. funeral issues were sequential. They did yeah. pick things up. So like, that's fair. I think yeah. We're on the same. The logic should hold here. I it guess. definitely felt uh, like it was um, moving the time, I, like right after what happened in that last issue. I think mm-hmm. at the very least you, you can, you, it would be fair for you to assume that these things happen in rapid succession, even if they happen one after the other, yeah. like, uh, I, I don't like, I, I would be, I would be comfortable saying that even though a week passed in real time, that, Lois met up with Ray-Ban Superman. Uh, you know, it, it didn't happen a week before she met Steel, which didn't happen a week before she met. No, the I think it happened you know Monday, I mean? I think, and then Tuesday she met this guy. Yeah, or Wednesday, even like Monday morning, guy. Monday afternoon, Maybe. Tuesday. Yeah. You're right, that kind of thing. Although she did change and put on football pads under her like her <laughs> 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 shoulder pads or so. That scene where we first see her stand and she gets out of the car is like. Damn, linebacker Lois showed up. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Again, so I don't know anything about. I don't know anything about fashion, but um, were shoulder pads even still a popular thing in ladies' fashion in I, the 1990s? Probably, but not like early not 90s. Like this. Yes. Yeah, not like. But this, it's though. it's with a trench coat. Yes, it's, it's, under, coat. Like, yeah, it's clearly it's either yeah her trench coat has the pads or the or whatever dress she's wearing under the trench coat is like seriously beefy. And again, everybody like, is cyborg Superman. I mean, he's acting more like Superman than I would say Ray-Ban he, Superman is. He he sounds yeah. like Superman. He acts like Superman. Right. He knows things Superman should know. And yes, yes, robot parts. But if you look at him, he looks like Superman. He carries himself like Superman. I also right? feel For like sure. his mouth has to be a speaker because he doesn't have any lips. He just has teeth. So well, he yeah, should obviously. be talking like this. Hey, <laughs> Lars. I mean, I, but I also, I, I do think it's, it's, I, I think it's a nice touch that they did not, um, you know, if they had done something like give him a word balloon that looked like, you know, something you would see coming out of coming out of the vision. Right. Right. Sure. Or right. Ultron. Or, like, or that would be, or that would something. be, yeah. that would even in the back of your mind, that would be like, well, you know, yeah. but he's got a normal ass word balloon. So he sounds just like Superman, I guess. But yes, I mm-hmm. agree with you. It's probably some sort of internalized speaker thing. Yeah. Uh, the, anyway, uh, I, I love this issue. I, I think it's too. legitimately. I, I love it. I, even has uh, and I, it further cements Guardian as a Cadmus cuck, and uh, it's just, just hilarious. <laughs> he like, totally is. He's definitely he's a bootlegger. Like, Superman, that's you, is it? Like, slow down, dude. Somebody ask yeah. some questions here, please. No, he, 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 no, he is a total Cadmus. Oh bootlegger. yeah, like I think he's just yeah. The Sky Sentinels look rad. I love their design. They're cool. Like, yeah, those yeah. those guys showed up to fight Doomsday. I love the design of Cyborg packs. Superman, though. I think Cyborg Superman looks kick ass. I love. That. No, it totally holds up. Yeah. It's a classic design. Yeah. Um, I thought that uh, the Doomsday wrapped up in a bunch of cables, but none of them were connected to his body in any sort of medical way. It was yeah. really weird. That was my only like real weird art note. Right. You like, he, look at it. Like it doesn't really um, make sense. 
So it's there's like, like he's, string around him. It, it's like he's laying in a hammock that got away from him. Sort of. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Also, or one of those, um, one of those, um, uh, like a uh, playground or obstacle course rope ladder things. Sure. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh no! <laughs> like he slipped and fell, you know. But yeah, like they're not. He's not plugged into any of this shit. They've just like tangled him up. Like oh no, that well he we're not. Which is him perfect to tie him to a rock in space, maybe. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. The sky sentinels look like kite man. Totally. You know what? Even the Cadmus logo, if you look at it in a certain way, kind of looks like a, like the kite man. And if I'm working for Cadmus they're and they're like, like you're, you want to be a sky sentinel and be like, I don't know. It doesn't look like we would get to wear a whole lot of like padding or anything. Like what happens if we fall out of the sky? <laughs> you die. <Don't. laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're flying around on a jetpack, you can't be bulked yeah. up. You no know? way OSHA is going to allow this. So I'm saying so. Oh, no, no, no. Cadmus is not OSHA compliant. Compliant. They're not. They're a shady government agency. They do not require OSHA compliant. Okay, let's get um, to the character that I least believe that anyone could possibly think is Superman. Yes, and I will <laughs> and I will comment on that in the recap. It is Adventures of Superman number 501. It is written by Carl Kessel with art by Tom Grummet and Doug Hazelwood. Super crew favorites, Tom Grummet and Doug Hazelwood. Here's your recap. The horniest of the rain books begins with a group of punks in a stolen taxi terrorizing the Superman memorial. Suddenly, the hooligans are stopped by a teenager in a leather jacket with very Superman-adjacent abilities. He steals one of the goons' shades, casually commits sexual assault, and flies away, (laughs) leaving nothing but questions. The boy claiming to be Superman shows up at the Daily Planet, hoping to tell his story and get some publicity. He claims to be a clone of the original Superman and convinces a hungry young reporter named Tana Moon to tell his story on a na- on national television. Sleazy GBS president Morgan Edge wants to make headlines by exploiting Superboy. We're just calling him Superboy from now on for the sake of clarity. Fair enough. Superboy does not seem to have a problem with this exploitation, by the way. He's into it. Oh, he loves it. Superboy heads into Suicide Slum to bust a nobody crime lord named Steelhand. Uh, If you haven't heard of him, don't worry about it. (laughs) This is where we learn that there's something different about Superboy's powers and that while he's still quote-unquote bulletproof, he's not so good with more intangible things like fire, heat, energy, that sort of thing. Earlier in the issue, we got the most laughable hint that Superboy's story is completely legit. After he does something that reminds Lois of Clark Kent, he pulls his hair back and puts his shades on, uh, you know, making a, a, a wink, wink, nudge, nudge joke about Superman's secret identity. And she actually goes, oh, oh, Clark, what? God. It's so now uh, <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> she, she discusses the matter with Ma Kent over the phone and then tries to explain the concept of cloning to an elderly woman. Meanwhile, we learn that Guardian has been watching Superboy's back the entire time, making up for powers that he should have, but seems to be lacking like super hearing. Huh. Bibbo saves a puppy and Lex Luthor is pissed that someone managed to clone Superman. Or did they? Gentlemen, your thoughts. 
I mean, to Matt's point, like it's not Superman. He clearly says I'm a clone. Right. And right. Like that, he, that kind I, of just goes, all right, you are, and, you are like steel. Right. You are an and inspired in fact, character. That's, um, that's one of the things that I like about this issue is that, uh, he constantly says, well, don't tell anybody about him. I'm clone, but he repeats it three times to three to different people. Every, anyone who will listen. Right. And okay. Is Lois writing about this stuff? Is she right? As this is happening, is she writing articles? Cause if I'm Perry, you are either going on leave until your senses come back or you're fired. <laughs> I mean, she's an investigative reporter, so she's investigating. So she is writing about this stuff. Okay. The she's puppy. investigating. Bibbo. Yeah, she's still at the office. Bibbo and the puppy thing. This is the, the, the puppy thing fucked me up when I was a kid. There I was like, is, this is dark. Yeah, they so show an old, an old, the dead an, puppies. They show the dead puppies. Well, <laughs> old woman drowning her puppies. And if I'm Bibbo, just, I'm throwing that old hag in the water and say, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> like, Good God. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty bad. Like she thought she was being merciful. She couldn't take care of him. Oh. And she thought it was better than starving to Good them starving Lord. to death. She should have just let them out onto the streets to fend for themselves. Or let better yet, race. let's just cut this part of the book so i don't have to scream about it this well but then yeah. it, it gives us it gives us a, a, a moment later on that you know the whatever but uh yeah yeah so bibbo manages to save one of the five puppies in the bag or whatever and and yeah whatever so this yeah, super it's, boy, it's whatever this super boy at this it's, point is he supposed to be unlikable because well, I mean, I don't uh, know if he, he's supposed to be. I a don't cool, think he's supposed to. He's supposed yeah, to he's, be a cool teen. Is what he's 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 uh, Roy from that one Simpsons yeah. episode with Poochie. You know, he's, he's cool, like, yeah, hey, Mister S. You know, like right. Dad, we said that about Mitch last time. Well, no, Mitch, Mitch is actually uh, Mitch had but, similar oh. issues. Mitch, <laughs> Mitch, Mitch is Mitch is Poochie. Yeah, no, I think it's just that, like, yeah, like you know, they they weren't letting kids watch uh, the Simpsons at the at this time because they said, you know, eat my shorts. It was just. Right. Like a talk, kid yeah. Right. Back I know, I know you are, but what am I? Right? Like, yeah. Like, like there's there, there's some alternative history, you know, a timeline where like we got a Tom Holland movie where he plays this version of Superboy. Like, you know, like it's right. just like, this, uh, it's uh, a uh, Hollywood a, little package. I'm a cl- I'm a clone of Superman. Who the hell are you? You know that like, kind of thing. You can read you can read all of those quotes in a Bart Simpson voice. And totally. I'm not regular Superman. I'm cool Superman. So like, like back right. in the '90s, this is like oh he's a rebellious kid because right now he comes off as yes. a petulant sex offender idiot. Well, <laughs> In nineteen ninety three, yeah, this was this was meant to be I like ah, this is for this was for the kids. This super when he shows up with the headphones on, going bow 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 bow, he does air guitar in the daily. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. I want to kill him. Throw in he, a garbage um, disposal, please. <laughs> it doesn't matter, race. but yeah, he does air guitar oh. while he's while he's floating in the office. I, th- I do was, think Grummet's the perfect artist for this style, though. I like, do agree. I mm, think it looks for sure. Good. Yeah, this, yeah. This book looks very good. His design mm. is stupid as it is. It's like it is. It couldn't be more nineties. I get Grummet, it. Grummet has the most youthful style of all of the four Superman artists. I just right. wish like, the old woman sure. would have put Superboy in the bag and thrown him into the water. <laughs> God, it just I can't stand. This was the one book. All four issues, like I hate this <laughs> and that's it's so funny because i i love superboy oh. i've loved him since the moment he debuted so yeah in 1993 oh. i did think this was cool oh uh, i did too i thought it was super i, I mean cool. like obviously going back and visiting it him like kissing women without consent oh. and, and all the um all of the ogling and the and the 
This, yeah. It's gross. Superboy's gross. He's gross. He's gross. And but, now, as yeah, weird, he's a horny. He's a horny teen. As weird as John Bogdanov's uh, Lex Junior is, I would say Tom Grummert's Lex Junior looks like a damn Sasquatch. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, trying to find him. There's, there's no. The... Uh, there's no extra R in that name. Remember, man. Grummet. Barbie Grummet. Oh no! Yeah, he no. He draws him like uh, like he's in like Planet of the Apes or yes. something. Like he looks like he looks yeah, like Doctor no, Zayas or something. He yeah. looks like Doctor Zayas. Uh, yeah, sure, he looks yeah, like yeah, Doctor yeah. Zayas. That's it. <laughs> well, and that and I think that that's something that also is kind of, I mean, not important, but it's a reminder that this is Lex Senior right. in a cloned body, right? And, sure, uh, sure. and it's youthful and fit and strong. Yeah. It 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 so happens that at this point in time he's got a broken leg due to the events of a comic book from uh the last uh run that we did not review. I was going to ask Thor about special. that uh, cuz I was like, yeah, the, Whoa, the, what the happened Supergirl here? Uh, there was a Supergirl and Team Luthor one shot that came out during funeral for a friend we okay. did not talk about it during uh, that episode, but yeah, during the course of that, uh, he breaks his leg. His leg is still broken. Gotcha. So now we can uh, talk the- to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. We, we talked. We talked about this before, but I it just you know the stuff with Tara. Um, uh, it just oh, reminds Tana, me yeah. of just Tana. Excuse me. Um, of how many characters there are in Superman comics at this time, like humans. Like it's it is a full cast. Yeah. You know, he's like, oh wait, who is this again? You know, it was the- really interesting at the time when I was reading it, but. I- I would say that maybe more so even than any other era. Totally agree. The the post-crisis, especially 90s era Superman is a, feels like a real living, breathing place. The, the city has like named neighborhoods that are recognizable. Yeah. It's got landmarks. It's got a lot of, a lot of people, uh, a lot of characters that actually have stories that, end up mm. mattering on some level somewhere at some point to somebody. Yeah. It's like neighborhood people as well. It's not it's, just like, yeah, it, yeah it, like it, this it guy lives like, in suicide yeah. slum and this guy lives. This was you know, before right. the bad books tried to do this. And I mean, yeah. they did it yeah. with success as well after, but this was first for sure. Yeah. For, yep. 100%. And, um, <clears throat> and I really love this. I, re- I love this era of metropolis, you know, say what you will about the stories, but I love, no, I totally agree. I love how much care and attention to detail, detail they paid in, and in, in keeping all this stuff straight and interweaving all of these, you know, characters. It's that's, uh, Tana, that's the stuff where this is a huge success. And like, yeah. there's a lot of cheesy stuff that happens. A lot of stuff I don't buy a lot of very forced plot, but they really fleshed out this world. And these, these guys worked hard to you make can this. Tell. Uh, yeah. 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 They like, it's, it's, it's amazing with, with how many, with how many titles there are that, that they were all mm-hmm. able to like, kind of like mm-hmm. pinpoint yeah. a lot of the locations and the people and just really, you know, all together able to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tana, Tana moon is a character that we meet in this issue and she ends up being a Superboy supporting character for years and years and years. Just and she allowing, is the, allowing the workplace harassment. <laughs> she well, <laughs> and, and, all, and not only, not only that, but she is the first in a long line of characters that uh, are at the very least eighteen uh, that enter a romantic relationship with Superboy, who is a child. How old is he? Let's let's just let's physically nail it down. a child. How but old is literally Superboy? a baby? I'm gonna say fifteen. Right? 16 15, at the oldest? I'd say he's 15 max. 
okay. is what I would, Fifteen. What I would say. Gross. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and like the number of, the number Gross. of adult, wi- the number of adult women yeah. that are of legal age, like Tana Moon is a reporter on television. Right. Um, and the jogging woman that he kisses, yep. like the number of adult women over the course of Superboy's early career that are like romantically or physically lusting after him is absurd. (laughs) It's icky. Hugo, Hugo has something. (laughs) Um, she is 15. He is 15 because Lois says, so I started thinking what was Clark like at 15? Oh my God. There it is. Important note from Hugo. Yes. Nice. There it is. Um, and so, and, and this, and uh, that conversation I kind of like with Ma where she's kind of explaining the whole clone thing. And, she says, what would Clark have been if he did not have you to raise him and he had all of his powers at the age of 15? Like, Oh, and that was this, something that could threw this be me. real. That was something that threw me. So this, at this point in time, this Superman didn't have powers when he was 15. So he was not like golden age, Superboy and stuff like that. Super, no, okay. uh, in the po- in post crisis continuity, Superman's powers developed much more slowly. So like okay. at a very, at a very, very young age, like toddler age, he was uh, very, uh, he was indestructible. Basically, a tractor ran over. Right. And he was fine. Like, there's a scene that's repeated often in the burn era where, like, he accidentally gets hit by a tractor yeah, when yeah, yeah. he's playing in the field and he's not a scratch on him. Um, but that's he all he be, had going for him. He, he would wasn't... get stronger over time. Okay. Uh, like, he would uh, suddenly, like, oh, you know, Ma can't find her ring. Oh, it's behind the TV. It fell behind the uh, the the curio cabinet or whatever. You know, like so he's developing these powers slowly over time. He didn't just have them all like Superboy right. did. He in wasn't the, in me, Silver Age, Silver Age. Superboy, me or Super Baby, me break. No, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, no, nothing like that. Um, and then in Man of Steel, the John Byrne Man of Steel that introduced the post crisis Superman. Um, when he, uh, right around the time he turned 18, right before Pa Kent, it, uh, Ma and Pa revealed the secret of his origin. Right. Um, he discovers that he can fly. Gotcha. And so it's like, yeah. It, it, so Superboy has a, a lot of powers and they are Superman-esque, like no doubt. I mean, but fine. there are cracks in that, right? Like why is he, why does the fire hurt him? You know, why that sort of thing. And he doesn't have like and heat then, ray vision, right? He doesn't have, he doesn't have vision powers. It's okay. very clear that he also like doesn't have super hearing. Um, there's a scene later on where a couple of goons, steel hands, goons, uh, pull guns on him. He grabs the guns Ugh, and the guns just explode. Mm-hmm. You know, these are, all, these are all clues. Joe, what was that? that? Steel hands goons, the the woman in like the black lingerie Ugh. that speaks just like Bibbo. God, like the, the the Bibbo language. It right. Like if you're in, if you live in inner city metropolis, your accent is brain damage. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> oh, the woman on the street with the machine gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just Superman, huh? Yeah. You back? Yeah. It's like everybody came up from like way under sea too fast, you know, in this neighborhood. And I've all got the bends. He's Sorry. Fish nets in a bikini top. <laughs> yeah. Oh it, it's like, it, it's like, we're, it's like, hey, we get it. Metropolis is on the East Coast. Sure. It's New York esque. Right. Right. It's, 
And so it's like the most stereotypical Italian, like New York accent. I guess. Yeah. I don't know if I'd even call like, it you, something like you, that. Use, use guys kind of yeah. nonsense that like, no, yeah, it's crazy. All right. It's time to this get issue is also, sorry, one last thing. This yeah. issue is also the first time, because I assume because it's Carl Kessel and Tom Grummet uh, in Adventures of Superman that we've seen Jonathan again. When he they did show, she show him, they show him in the bed when oh Mark yeah is, yeah uh, right he's still him. in the hospital he's still yeah. in the hospital yeah. but it's uh, our first time yeah. but I mean you know that was in that you know previous book where he came back I think that was also Adventures of Superman so it's interesting how they like okay Adventures team you're the ones who are going to keep tabs on Jonathan no one else has right. to right you know and it's I, just interesting I, and I think it, another another key indicator that this stuff's happening real quick yes. Jonathan wakes up from his heart attack. He's still in the hospital recovering. And now we've got four supermen all of a sudden. And so like uh, there, it ends on this scene where Lex is questioning his like scientific toady. Um, Happerson, you told us you couldn't clone Superman. What the hell's going on here? And uh, Happerson so, says, well, yes and no. Listen, I'll tell you everything. And so that's a big clue that we're going to get into. Um, but not until the very end of the return of Superman. First, we got to take a break from this whole storyline to get in the best part of this trade paperback, the bloodlines annual. Oh no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we are skipping, <laughs> skipping, Man, skipping, that, skipping. That thing's like My 76 God. pages long. It's so long. <laughs> like so I keep, I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Oh my God. Garbage. Dude. <laughs> it's bad. Don't read it. It's oh, bad. God. All right. Next up, is Action Comics number 688, same creative team. Here's your recap. Guy Gardner is mad as hell that there's four Supermen running around. He already didn't like the guy when there was just one of him. But he's got to give respect where it's due. He decides he's not going to let any fakes ruin Superman's good name on his watch. Ray-Ban Superman learns that not all criminals deserve to die. Some just deserve to be maimed for life. <laughs> Ray-Ban learns of the existence of the other Superman and is not pleased. We learn that he needs to periodically recharge his batteries from something called the Regeneration Matrix. This is important. Ray-Ban and Guy fight, then they team up according to superhero tradition. Guy sees Ray-Ban's brutality up close and loves it. What a psycho. Guy is psycho guy Gardner is just yeah, he's like, well, it's about time Superman turned into I love a badass. Him. I love him so he's much. Like, he's my instant boy. Snyder, bro. He was like, but, Yeah, kill yeah. Zod, yeah. <laughs> no, but he guys is a Snyder, bro. He totally is, right? <laughs> I, ironically, though, Guy's endorsement leads our Superman stand-in to question whether the violent path is the right one. Yeah. Meanwhile, Lois's investigation continues. Maggie Sawyer is given a long overdue promotion to inspector in a scene I really, really like and respect the team for putting up. And we learn that Ray-Ban likes to wear Kryptonian casual wear during his off hours. Sure. This is a clue. Gentlemen, have at it. Ooh, um, I do like that Guy Gardner is the only skeptic we have bumped into yet. He's the first one. <laughs> Guy Gardner. <laughs> Lois slept in bed with Superman and isn't sure, you know, what's going on. And Guy Gardner, like, takes one look and goes, no. <laughs> Thank you, Guy. Thank you. I, I love the plot point of him. Yeah, somebody saying, I'm going to lay a trap 
and and catch one of these fools. Yeah. And then the fact that it's uh, Guy Gardner is awesome. And then it's even more awesome that after he ends up seeing his brutality, he's like, oh, no, this guy fucking rules. That like narrative is really good. It is like, Superman, it's smart. And, and he's Superman in my book and very in keeping with the Guy Gardner of the time. Definitely. Totally. I love it. It's on brand, on character. It's a smart story. I honestly uh, love this issue. The art is sick. I love, the art's fantastic. The art's really good. My only, my only note is Roger Stern and his fucking inner monologues. They're just so wordy. Like I you, know. you look at yeah. a page and your eyes hurt. You're like, there's just I so know. much here. And like, and, I, and again, like the women's fashion in this issue is wild because the woman, the news agent who runs the newsstand called Betty's page. That's a fun little, joke, uh, is wearing like, fashionable gloves and a chic little jacket. And it's like, what are you, are you trying to keep the ink off your hands? Those look like nice gloves, lady. What's going on with this outfit? I just don't, I don't know if at this time, Jackson guys had like seen a woman, you know, other than in pictures, (laughs) maybe like, because poor Maggie again. Oh God. (laughs) Maggie has an interesting moment though, where she, she's like, is this about my sexual orientation to the commissioner? I thought that was cool. Right. I I I love, I love this whole scene. I love that whole scene where way ahead of its time. um, Henderson, Former Inspector Henderson, who has now been named police commissioner, um, now uses the power that he didn't have before to give Maggie a long overdue promotion. Sure. Like it, she was running the the, the um, special crimes unit, which is a, a special division of the uh, Metropolis PD. And she was just a captain. And so she was technically bossing around people that outranked her. Right. And Henderson was like, nah, we're not doing that anymore. It's like, you're already doing and, the job. It's yours. Right. And, and he, yeah, he gives her, her, her props and respect. And he's like, I don't care about your sexual orientation. I don't care about any of it. All I care about is chain of command and you deserve this position. And I thought that whole scene was great. It was great. Her haircut mm-hmm. is, her haircut is tragic. I just think there's a better way to illustrate who Maggie is as a lesbian without putting her in cargo pants a sweatshirt and suspenders. <laughs> suspenders over the sweatshirt. What yeah, is yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> and 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 there's gla- something going on there. And gla- no, eye, eyeglasses that she never once puts right. on, there's so she's all- only got them in her hair They're for an accessory. Always in that in like Lhasa Apso yeah. that she wears on her head. But this is but this is good, Butch guys. Uh, this, this, this is, is good art. This is good art. I I love the way he draws Guy Gardner. It's a good issue, and they they use Guy Gardner to throw that, like, to show you, like, okay, Ray-Ban, Superman, he's a heavyweight. He can can mess people up. Guys with rings, you know, not a problem. So, I'll give you that. We're establishing power levels. Um, Although, it was a super cheesy part, though, that that guy's in the hospital, and he's, like, you know, in, like, the trope of, like, he had red eyes. He, he could do whatever. He goes, he had sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the safe cracker guy. Yeah. yeah. yeah so right. stupid. Uh, there sunglasses. is a bit of, he wore sunglasses. <laughs> there is a nice bit of cross continuity here where they accidentally bust into a, a warehouse where a, a weapons deal for Toastmasters is going down. Uh, so not you know, the speaking group. But the guns. 
Yeah, but the, the yeah. guns, right? The BG, the BG eighties. Yes. The uh, Ray-Ban Superman is not impressed with these guns at all and just destroys them with a wave of his hand, which I thought was pretty, they're really a, only a neat display of power. Problem. Like the, the whole thing with the Toastmaster, it's really only steel's problem. Nobody else cares much about it at all. They really don't. Yeah. I mean, he's like, crazy weapons in the street and yeah. it's just they're like ah oh, it's just Zoid <laughs> killing mucus who cares <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I'm I'm uh, I'm more concerned with this safe cracker that's got a family to feed you know that kind of thing right. job's a job Joe <laughs> job's a job all right let's move on if you guys are ready oh god I don't know this is our first actual Superman to Superman crossover um, appearance Superman, the Man of Steel, number 23, same creators. Louise Simonson's gang names continue to be the absolute worst. Wow. To Matt's earlier point, the gang is called the Shark Enforcers. <laughs> the sharks are trying to track down steel and they are recording everything, quote unquote, for posterity. Uh-huh. Uh, they succeed to their own detriment. The video makes its way into Lex's hands. He decides to hold onto it for safekeeping rather than air it on his news network. The White Rabbit continues to be ridiculous. Oh, my God. What, what is she even? Is she a, a gang leader, a weapons dealer? Anyway. I'll take it further. What is she, period? <laughs> like, is she, a, we're, we is are going to learn. We are going to learn. In short, we're going to learn that in short order here. Like, if they said uh, she's an alien, I'd go, okay, that makes sure. sense. <laughs> uh, re regardless, uh, she wants John Henry to be able to find her. So she, you know, turns off the security system in her apartment or whatever it sure. is. She says. Superboy struts into Suicide Slum trying to make headlines by stopping another gang fight. He causes more harm than good. And Steel puts him in his place. A helicopter pilot for the Daily Planet is killed because of Superboy. There is an important moment in this scene after Steel puts Superboy in his place. John flat out denies that he is Superman. He's like, I'm not him. Well, no, no shit. <laughs> All right. Hey, save your comments. We'll get to it. Lex tries to lure Steel into an arrangement similar to what GBS has with Superboy, but John Henry ain't for sale. Steel finally confronts the White Rabbit, whose name is Angora. <laughs> Just come on. <laughs> and we learned Hugo Angora is what rabbit fur is called. And we learn that she helped John develop the Toastmasters. She is a ballistics expert and a scientist, and she helped John invent these super weapons. Okay, Angora is a type of rabbit that they harvest for its fur. Well, right, but they also they say an Angora sweater. Yeah, it is right? a That's white rabbit. 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 They've done everything short yeah. of having her eating carrots at this point. She's not so. wearing funny ears, you know. <laughs> yeah. She could be wearing funny ears. Yeah. An earlier version of the weapon made its way into enemy hands, costing countless innocent lives. But while John was horrified and refused to help create a more advanced model, Angora betrayed him and stole plans for the BG-80 prototypes. She thought that maybe they could rekindle their partnership, but she shoots him with a Toastmaster point blank when he refuses. Superboy comes to Steel's rescue, and we are given another clue that his invulnerability isn't all it's cracked up to be. The armor's too hot. Hot, hot, hot. Can't hold on to it. Meanwhile, 
Lois's cowboy friend is still trying to get into her pants. Bear in mind that it has only been a matter of weeks since Superman died, and at this point, Clark Kent is only presumed dead. I think he, he might only be missing, technically. Well, but she knows. Well, yes, but, but you know he what? doesn't. Maybe she doesn't. I'm taking that off the board. Maybe she doesn't. Lois could be No, no, insane. no, no, no. Uh, no, but, I'm, but Lois isn't reciprocating. The, the friend is I know. sleezing on I know, right? I know. Uh, we learn that Jimmy Olsen loves the spin doctors, and Lex Ugh. learns Steel's true identity. <laughs> Crew, your thoughts about Man of Steel. Once again, number 23. The lowest thing. So Steel catches her, and she's like, I've got you, Miss Lane. And she goes, What? How do you know my name? You're a world famous famous reporter, (laughs) right? right? Yeah. This would be like if I got into a car accident and I was like, oh my God, Mel Gibson. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's like, how'd you know Superman while he died? You're a famous racist, you know? (laughs) You have been on television, man. Like, you're, you're, come on. Lois. Yeah. What a poster. Louise, yes. Her, she, she struggles with some of the dialogue on this issue. I mean, like, and Lois is that and then like the chopper's gonna blow like before she jumps out there's just some rough moments um oh there's also in the in the scene where he lands and the reporters mob them it is very very reminiscent of the scene in uh man of steel the miniseries number six where superman has no choice but to reveal himself to the public to save uh, a plane that's crashing into Metropolis oh, okay. and he saves mm-hmm. Lois. All right. And so it's very reminiscent. And she's like, this is how I met Clark. Oh, I see. like, like Clark, he's planning on leaving without answering any questions. And then she tugs on his cape and stops him. And he says, lady, I'm not Superman. I'm out. And then he, and then he leaves. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we get the great scene where a uh, steel is like that reporter's dead because of, or that chopper pilot's dead because of you or people could die. Um, again, Superboy petulant jerked and bad at his job too. Really bad at his job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he has zero training. He escaped, he he escaped project Cadmus while he was still cooking. I hate him. Yeah. And (laughs) and, I honestly, I like, I like their interaction together because they are so different. Like they're completely different. Uh, And I think that interaction is interesting. At least steel is like, you're doing it wrong. And like, I'll give him that. Right. Right. It's I honestly think I think Steele's characterization in this whole book was really good. I the whole uh you know being a an an arms dealer um who now is against it like he's like this street level Tony Stark you know and I just I don't right. know I think it's he really is interesting. He's Iron job. Man basically. Yeah. I, I just want to put yeah. something out there and I again okay. I am not accusing anyone of anything. You brought up the violence and how they're like, this, this is another violent book. We're seeing like people just getting holes blown through them and stuff. Did anybody else notice that only black people are being killed? No, it's for sure. <laughs> I, you know, the, the chopper pilot is white. The chopper pilot is, I'm just talking about like, we see an explosion. The, the street level violence. We don't see yeah, the yeah, chopper pilot blown well, I mean, You know, like. Yeah, I mean, and I, and and I like, get it. it. It is inner city metropolis. Yeah, but it, there's like. It, it feels like uh, they're DC or, or Simonson or Bogdanov were trying to like 
like infuse a like John Singleton, yes, like Boys in the Hood style yeah, to mean, this it, book. It, but it it's comes like off if this were like, happening in Harlem or the or on, I mean, you know, I get that. But right? it almost comes like, off uh, as like this was an episode of The Wire. We, you know, but it almost comes off as we are animalizing this group a little bit here in this I, book. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a I, little much. But that's not even my biggest I, problem. I think that that is a very white liberal read on it, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying like. The White Rabbit. I don't. I don't think that anybody had any ill intentions. I want to talk about I, the yeah, White I think Rabbit. And at the at the time too. I mean, like you think of the, the hot movies that were like up for Oscars and sure. things yeah. were right. you know Boys in the Hood, and New Boys Jack the City. Hood. Like those those yeah, were really sure. popular. They were, but like, they were just trying to vibe with something that's around the culture. And, and yeah, it may not have aged well, but I think it's very easy to look at it. They and, were, but it's yeah. also very easy to be like, right. Oh, the black character, he's going to do gang stuff. Like, Oh, you guys, yeah. come on. Well, I mean, except for steel, <laughs> be better, be better than that. a genius. Like, right. Steel, so yeah, what I'm steel, saying is, you got, is the counterbalance has to that. deal with the gang stuff because steel is black. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> you uh, I mean, sure. Come on. <laughs> um, oh, there's also, you know, early in the, uh, when we did adventures of Superman 500 and, and we got to the scene where steel, is introduced or where John Henry is introduced, he comes out of the rubble and one of the gang members, it may have even been mucus or Zoid or whomever <laughs> fires a toast master. And what comes out looks like a gigantic bullet. Yeah. And yeah. at the time we chalked it up to like artistic license, Bogdanov being Bogdanov, whatever. Um, and then Superboy makes a con like has a thought to himself as he's being attacked and he says, what are those guys shooting? Are they rockets? So, like, the Toastmasters are obviously not firing regular bullets. There are also so. boxes of giant bullets that are pictured. So, like, yeah, there's, I'm not even going to go into that. Yeah, I mean, but they are, they're like some sort of create ballistically insane yeah. advanced weapon. So you guys are John Bogdanov fans. I have gone on record as saying, I don't get it. Is this good John Bogdanov art? Yes or no? Because I... I like it. Wow. I, I just, um, I, there are fantastic shots and then there are really bad shots. There's a shot of Jimmy where he has the spin doctor shirt on and his hand is like this, like, Oh yeah. And it looks, it's Bizarre. God awful. Uh, it also has your, um, disappearing arm Superboy oh shot where he's flying, but no, I love this art. I think this is good. There are certain, when you take big wild swings, like he does with his art, not every shot is going to land but you right. know. like the white rabbit is gross uh, I, I i don't like, like yeah i think some of the gross. some of the shots <laughs> i think some of the scenes like i i don't john bogdanov doesn't do sexy okay Ooh, like, don't God like no. don't ask him to and so whenever we're showing the white rabbit and she's like bending over and she's got the oh. huge pouty lips and, and like no it doesn't work but like i love this panel of uh after lex talks to steel and steel shuts him down and then leaves in a, in a huff. Like, I love this shot of steel, like flying away from Lex Luthor. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. I, 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 I don't love the art. There's some, the last two panels are bizarre. They look like they didn't even get finished. And for some reason, Lex and Supergirl are gray. And like, I, I don't know what's, Happen. Well, I think they're in an office with the lights off. Is okay. What I think that is. <laughs> it's nighttime. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is one thing I, I do think uh, there was something that came up that we cut because we decided we weren't going that far at the time. 
But the, this uh, uh, panel where White Rabbit shoots steel and he flies out the window and he looks like he's crackling with energy. I think that's just artistic license. I think so, too. Because, um, I don't, I don't, uh, but also I think you could read it like he's not just wearing a metal suit. He's wearing an advanced suit full of electronics and circuitry because yeah, like, how could he not be? I took it as his suit is malfunctioning. Let's short circuiting uh, uh, somehow. Hugo. Right? Hugo's got so, that. So yeah. Um, and the shot where his arm is disappearing since he's like saluting, I feel like it's behind his back and he's like being bent. That's why you can't see it. Who flies like that? And I, and I think that any who he's, flies? He's, salu- he's saluting the like the, he's saluting the chopper. So he's like, All right. right, put your arm behind your back real quick and show me what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, like if you want to. I mean, come on. <laughs> Is this also where we first hear the of the uh, you know this like the the Batman's. Uh, Coro Maltese. This is the Korak. Like uh, no, Korak. Um, so yeah, Korak is DC's Iraq, Iraq. or Iran right. standing. It's got to be right? Iraq, right? Uh, yeah, it is, but it dates back way far. Um, oh, okay. The the Giffen and Demetrius Justice League have a lot of Korak stuff in it. So yeah, it dates it dates way back at least at least to the beginning of the post crisis era. So. All right, let's get back to the good stuff. Cyborg Superman. All right. I like that you like something in this. I love love the Cyborg (laughs) Superman. Like, I found Cyborg Superman irresistible. I love him. All right. Uh, This issue, I think, is very good, though it's got a couple of silly moments. Uh, Superman number 79. Here's your recap. Daily Planet staff writer Ron Troop works on a story about his quest to fill Clark Kent's shoes as an investigative reporter. Perry White challenges him to find a story so big that it can't be denied, which is exactly what Clark did all those years ago when he brought Perry the exclusive about Superman. Clark Kent is a cheater. Because he's Superman. Yeah, he's a complete cheater. Yeah. He's Peter Parker. Uh, Like, taking pictures of himself, basically. Right, yes, exactly. Uh, This opening is full of affection and respect for Clark's human accomplishments, and Ron is almost honoring him in a way by asking for his job. We also learn that Clark's friends and family have finally decided to pack up and empty his old apartment. Clark Kent is now declared, at this point, he has been declared dead. Ron follows the Justice League's civilian liaison, Maxwell Lord, to the White House to interview him about the four new supermen. Suddenly, Karaki terrorists storm the gates in an attempt to overthrow the president. But the cyborg Superman to the rescue. He's a hero, goddamn. Yeah, me. <laughs> the cyborg stops the terrorists, but the White House's laser defense systems. It's comics, everybody. <laughs> React. They explain where they came from. Don't worry about it. All right, all they right. react to they react to them as a threat. While the Secret Service tries and fails to shut down the system, Ron's quick thinking gives the computer the DNA confirmation it needs to read Superman as a friendly, and it shuts down. Real quick, before you move on, is that a clue? 
uh, when the White House does, like sees him as a threat. Was that a clue that this is a bad guy? I don't think so. I think okay. it sees him as a. I think it sees him as a threat because it doesn't look like super. Okay, I was just reading too far into it. And right. it, it can't. It can't read his DNA from just a camera, right? It, it sees us a uh, half robot man flying into the, you know the perimeter right, of the White right. House and it's like, and it just like enemy combatant like well anyone who in their right mind who looked at that would be like that's not Superman that's right, a bad exactly. guy exactly <laughs> but like Ron Ron grabs the thing that they the DNA scanner thing runs it out to him and right. the computer's like oh this is Superman and then shuts it down of course he does yeah Superman. Uh, in the but we already know I know thanks I know. to Professor Hamilton that the DNA matches which we will discuss there at you go. date. In the interest of shutting down the source of the terrorists, or so he claims, Cyborg Superman interfaces with the White House's computers, which allows him access to nearly every database in the world. Great idea! What could possibly yeah. go wrong? Bill Clinton's <laughs> just like, hey, go for it, robot man, who I think yeah. may or may not Bill be Clinton, Superman. Bill Clinton, at this point, not even in the room. We are shown. We are then shown a collage of images that are like flooding into the cyborg Superman's brain that he's accessing. Uh, there's a fun little like Easter egg shout out to the Fantastic Four. We also see the Coast City skyline and a spaceship that will look very familiar very soon. Oh no! But holy crap! The terrorists have hidden a bomb inside Maxwell Lord's briefcase. No worries. Cyborg vaporizes it, saves the day. Also, Max, never not a problem. <laughs> uh, I mean, at, the, at this point in time, as far as anyone is He's concerned, a good guy. And, He's still a good guy. Uh, like, Maxwell Lord is a good guy. Like, he hasn't done anything bad at this point. Maxwell Lord is, he is the liaison, the government liaison for the Justice League. All of these events convince Ron and President William Jefferson Clinton himself that the cyborg Superman is the real man of steel and both the white house and the daily planet endorse him as the one true Superman. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Gentlemen, your thoughts, not a bad bill Clinton. I will say like they did a pretty good. Pretty likeness. good yeah. I think it's a pretty great bill Clinton. Pretty good likeness. Yeah. Normally whenever pretty a president likeness. shows What's up, you're like, Oh my God, if I'm the president, I would sue these people. <laughs> What's the reference to the fantastic four? There's a little four. Uh, so, you can see the tiniest yeah. little blip of the yeah. Fantastic Four logo. Of the, the logo, yeah. On the very on the right hand side of that page, you see the the very famous Fantastic Four logo cropped off. It's like right, right above, above the, the, Hawk the, Man the Hawkman logo. logo. Yeah, yeah Hawkman, the yeah. Hawkman logo. Or Thanagarian logo, I don't know. Is Ron a new character or has Ron been around? No, Ron has been around for a while. Okay. He's one of the he's one of the many aforementioned uh souls populating this version of metropolis he's been working at the daily planet for a while uh kind of coming up in the ranks as a reporter gotcha so i like and, this oh, and, he, and he apparently likes jam he's a jam guy <laughs> his shirt just says jam oh yeah his shirt says jam <laughs> but i think it's more like a jam on it jam on it type thing you know like <laughs> like he gets uh, are we sure it doesn't say sham on <laughs> oh no it does say jam it does say jam i like um, this issue and like when we get into it and I'm like, Oh great. It's another magazine, whatever. It's a good setup. It's fun. But, but the plot here is just like, all right, we got to get Superman and cyborg Superman on the good side. How about we just blindly turn over all the United States secrets to him. And like, that's the one thing that I, that's the one. Well, okay. So here's my thought. Here's my thought process there. 
at that point, the computer has already scanned his DNA and confirmed I know. that it's Superman. I know, but like, who are you going to trust? Like, if Superman shows up and says, I need to access the computers, you're going to let him. I And he had just, his, his arm had just turned into a bazooka and obliterated some Iraqi terrorists. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, like Superman does. I like to think that that guy did not die, but it sure looks like he Oh, dies. he murdered those ooh, guys. Ooh. Come on. And not to get too, on the DNA thing, not to get too cynical here, but... This this does really hurt the like. How can they not? How can people not tell that it's Clark Kent when they're like, "This is a DNA match of the exact person <laughs> right. that we know Superman to be." The computer right. cannot be fooled. This is Superman. We're like, God, but when he puts glasses on, we're just not sure. <laughs> like that he just disappears. Like it's just his, his DNA is different with glasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's you know, just, it's, it's it hurts just, uh, when they get to this level with Superman. I don't like it because yeah. then you kind of start to make it like, harder like, and harder. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, they should have avoided like, this. There, there's an really, easy way I, not to write yourself into that corner. You know, I, and right. I understand. Like logically, it's really just a way for them to like try to trick people into thinking that it's like. Yeah, it's Superman. Look, the computer says so. Sure, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, like, but, and and it's just like, oh, it, coincidentally, Clark Kent has never had to have his DNA scanned <laughs> for yeah. any reason whatsoever, which, I mean, I guess that's true. I've never yeah, had maybe this, DNA scanned. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I also feel like uh, I'm usually a fan of like divergent issues where like the format goes off, but I did not like this issue, to be honest with you, because of the format. And it felt like, a total holdover from funeral for a friend, the way it was like, yes, it was so, so macabre in the beginning. And there was like malaise to everybody just shuffling Clark stuff around. I was like, it felt like we were back in the sadness. And this is Cy- cyborg Superman. I want a more like, you know, fire the gun out of the, or the bullet out of the gun and just go like, this was too yeah. slow and contained. It I don't felt know. Like I, filler. I, it felt like filler because they were like, okay, it felt like filler. we had a story yeah. where everyone needs to believe that Cyborg Superman is the real Superman. How do we do it? I don't know. I mean, how about we do a thing where it's like a I don't know, magazine article and he saves the White House? I'm like, okay, great. Well, <laughs> I mean, and also consider like this is issue 79 and in issue number 80, we find out that it's all bullshit. Right. So right. it's like. Why didn't you do all this Superman is the real deal stuff in the very first chapter? Yeah. Right? Like, why didn't he, yeah, make, why didn't he appear this point. way? Mm-hmm. Like he shows up and, and they're like, Oh, it's a bad guy. Like, Nope, it's me. I'm Superman. Like, well, oh, I mean, and we, did, the White we, House. <laughs> we got it from, we got it from professor Hamilton, right? Professor sure. Hamilton did it, but sure. like we could, we should have had this kind of like Superman has proven himself to the president. The president gives him the thumbs up. Ron Troop gives him the thumbs up. Like that should have been right off, right from the jump. So that we had a couple issues where he's a good guy, good guy, good guy. Oh no, he's not. Instead it's he's Superman, the end. And then literally the next issue of this comic, he kills 6 million people. So, and at that point, you know what? Now I'm now even more mad because you're right. You have to impeach the president after that. Right? No (laughs) question. (laughs) Like, okay, you're obviously an idiot who cannot be in charge of this country. Uh, Now that he's going to look bad for his reelection bid. (laughs) Sorry about that whole cyborg Superman thing. But I mean, like, you know, Uh, we all loved him at first. Am I right? You can't blame a guy, right? Yeah. As you, as you laid that out, Joe, I think now I'm even more pissed off because you're right like 
it was like they had to very quickly I'm pissed off with the format. They had to quickly say, no, everybody's so bought in that he has all this information out. What's the fastest way we can do it? Uh, or the most like contained way, because it has to be in one issue. Let's do it in this magazine format where you have some distance yeah. so you don't yeah. have to explain too much because it's it's a voyeuristic sort of interpretation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I now I hate this issue, actually. Yeah, now we just need plot uh, to go from A <laughs> to B, literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's it. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, I give it a little bit of slack when I remember that it will be another month, you know, of storytelling before that heel turn, right? Sure. And so it's not as instantaneous. It wasn't as instantaneous at the time, but if you're reading it in one shot in trades, then sure. like, yeah, it's like, this is wrestling level heel turn though, where it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. like totally yes. like, Oh, we just won. We're best friends. Like we're holding hands. Everybody's cheering. And then one dude puts an elbow in his friend's mouth and stands over like, why? Like, what? Well, what happened? He's like, Oh, they're not friends anymore. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, if you're following along in the trade, there is another interminably long oh bloodlines and God with the uh, worst uh, art. I don't want to talk so, about this issue. It's anymore. terrible. Can, I yeah, don't. Can we move yeah. on? Please yeah, yeah. Uh, get to five. Uh, good. Oh, I do. There's so, one where Cyborg Superman has a bunch of goo on his finger, and the cop says, "Um, what are you doing?" And he goes, "Analyzing these bodily fluids." Fluids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fluids. So yeah. Gross. Oh, um, it's not one fluid. One last Ooh. thing. One last thing to note about Superman seventy nine. Uh, the cyborg Superman gives Bill Clinton a metal potato that Bill Clinton can use to call him whenever he has. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'll come up in the next issue. All right. It all comes down to this, at least as far as this episode is concerned. Adventures of Superman 502. Supergirl introduces herself to Superboy and invites him to have dinner with her and Lex. Superboy continues to be gross. A sleazy promoter named Rex Leach hires the mercenary known as Stinger to confront Superboy at the request of a mysterious third party. It's not that mysterious. We're going to find out in a number of pages who it is. You may remember Rex as the guy that tried to get Jimmy to sell out during Superman's funeral, leading to a small riot. Lex wants to be in the Superboy business and lays it on real thick even parading an overly flirty Supergirl around in a slinky dress. Good God. Superboy, who has no idea how legally binding agreements work, obviously agrees. (laughs) In a hormone-induced haze, Superboy signs a contract with Rex, foreshadowing. Surprise, surprise, Rex hired Stinger to attack Superboy on Morgan Edge's orders, all in an attempt to jack up the ratings. Tana is on to them, but Edge threatens her career, and so she rolls over. Later, Superboy is transporting an historic train engine to the Metropolis Museum of Science when Stinger attacks. Supergirl shows up to help, but the fight doesn't go their way. To cover up his escape, Stinger destroys the Hobbs Bay Bridge! Meanwhile, we meet the post-crisis Crypto! And that scary-looking spaceship that we mentioned during the last chapter enters the solar system with its weapons primed for war to be continued. Gentlemen, 
Stinger is the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> you know what? At the time, I thought Stinger was rad. Stinger. He looks cool. You can't send a guy with a lasso and a gun to kill a super person. And yet he like ate Superboy's lunch. Shot. Yeah, it's dollar store dead shot meets like Spawn or something. Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man. Because he, yeah. he basically like slips out of Rex's window. Yeah. yeah. He literally slips. Yeah. Yeah. He says sh- that. He sh- he schwit, 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 schwit. Yeah, I, I hate Singer. I he, liked him. Just I, in 1993, I was like, this guy's terrible. <laughs> and, and it does <laughs> nothing to like. A, He's so got a bright people, future. When you have Guy Gardner yeah, show up. Right. And, and, and Ray-Ban Superman beats him up. We go, Ray-Ban Superman is a badass. When you have dude with gun and lasso show up and he kicks the crap out of Supergirl and Superboy, like, what are you trying to tell us here other than these two are terrible at their job? Terrible. Well, yeah. But you know what? I think, um, I think part of that goes to what Edge was trying to get at, was trying to do. He didn't want somebody formidable. He wanted somebody that Superboy would obviously take down on camera with ease. But he doesn't. Yeah. But he doesn't. Right. But Stinger didn't get that memo. He's like, you kill him. Got it. Property damage. No problem. Immense collateral damage to property and people. No sweat. I got it covered. Do we ever see this character again? I think he maybe makes one other appearance. He's he's short lived. Okay. My point is, it, it seems like. And I think we talked about the little, a little bit of this last time. None of the old school super villains are really around other than Lex, who's in a different body. And it seems like they are just throwing well, right. they don't, yeah, they don't have, you know, steel fighting the parasite or anything. Right, exactly. The, but these are new characters fighting new villains, right? That's I, kind of. I mean, I guess. But when yeah. we did you when you looked at this as a kid, you really thought, oh, man that dude is going to be around to give Superman a hard time for the next 20 years. I did think that way. I thought, Oh, here's some new characters and the world is expanding. But oh, I, I honestly think that they were um, auditioning different freaks of the weeks and seeing what stuck. Oh, um, yeah. I hate it. Hate it. And um, Superboy and so, and I, inexcusable at this point, Superboy is inexcusably horny. <laughs> oh, the chest joke is so not bad. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, ch- out chest choking. Like, oh no, that was that. And look, you were, yeah, that wasn't this issue, right? It's yeah. in this issue. Yeah. And it's you were, so bad. If you think of nineties movies, like trashy, not like American pie and stuff like that. Like those kids were supposed to be seniors in high school. They're 17. They're 18. Superboy's 15 years old. You guys, he's 15. But Superboy also like, He's all, he's raging id, right? He's all, he's all like, but like imagine hormones if the with Goonies no- ran around with boners the entire time, we would not hold that movie up as like being a special fun right. film. <laughs> right. I, I, but I, and, and I agree that it doesn't like looking back, it's like icky, right? But in defense of what they were doing with the character, like this is a character that's all power and all hormones. I and get it. No moral compass. I get it. And no, I- no, like. I hate him. <laughs> no, no, no fe- mentor figures. Like this is a kid. Like it's if you gave a shitty teenager an Iron Man suit and then nobody stopped him. I totally get it. They I, just let him run around. All this is made me hate the character even more than I already. I mean, sure. Whatever. That's what I thought was kind of cool though, was, you know, uh, him at dinner with, with Lex and with Supergirl. It's like three characters that are not their namesake, but are, 
Like also like because that's not that's Lex is a clone. Um, Superboy's a clone. That's not Supergirl an alien. Yeah, it was just kind of it was an interesting like where they're all at. Like I thought that dinner was interesting. Well, and also uh, also the crypto scene where uh, which I thought was uh, where where Bibbo assaults the guy for yeah he does. That was one of my notes. Is I was like (laughs) Bibbo is just being a jerk in this these this run. He's like. He's awful. Bibbo is um, an irresponsible I, moron, is what he is. But I, I did. I, well, he's, he's not being smart, mean. You know, he's yes. pretty smart. He, he went from being dumb to being dumb and mean, yes. which is uh, right. But I, I, Bluto I did from think it was clever. All of a sudden, uh, you know? I did think it was clever. Like he wanted to name the dog Krypton, and he's like, his name is Krypton. And the guy that made the dog tag is like six letters maximum, idiot. And so it came out as crypto, which is how they kind of give us that wink to to the silver. No, it's great. And then Bibbo says, awesome. you know, I can't read and punches the guy. But crypto, this puppy crypto, like Superboy ends up owning him. And so Superboy, it's Superboy and crypto for a while. Uh, even though crypto is just a, this crypto is just a dog. I was going like, to say nothing super powers? happens with him. No, 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 no. It's okay. just an homage to the Silver Age. Like it's just Superboy's dog crypto, right? Does dead it's spider just a dog shot. that came out of a bag at the bottom of the lake? Yes, yes. <laughs> it's just right. been it's just a dog. An old that's lady. what the dog should have came. It's just a dog an old lady <laughs> tried to kill. You know, that's all it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I loved, I loved though, as much as I hate Stinger, I love what he says. Uh, I got to find the line. Exactly. Um, he says, uh, God, what is it? Joe, to your credit, I kept um, referring to him as dead spider shot. <laughs> dead spider shot. Yeah. He said, uh, he says, yo, sure shot. Maybe you didn't notice, but you missed us. And, and he says, I wasn't aiming at you, you moron. Which was just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just called Superboy a moron. I'm like, yeah, yeah Superboy is a moron. At that point, I was like, yep. And, 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 Good job, and again, like, I, I understand I hate that Matt, hate, Matt hates, Matt hates Superboy and I get it, right? He's, a shithead, but that's also the point. Uh, I'm a shithead. Every or sing- Superboy's a shithead. <laughs> that's what or I'm saying. Both. Like every every single appearance of this character, whether it's been in Adventures of Superman or him popping up in Man of Steel or Action Comic, he's an idiot. He's in every time. But I would argue he's intensely unlikable too. But he, but he grows as a character. Like right now he's this, but Fair. he's not always going to be this. No, I get it. Yeah, Guy I, Gardner, I don't find him unlikable. I, I, I'm with Joe. Guy Gardner yeah. is also an idiot. Guy Gardner is also like, comes off as unlikable. But when you read Guy Gardner, you're like, okay, I want more Guy of that Gardner character. is a character that you love to hate. That's right. it's a different yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And Superboy is just a character that I hate to hate. And I don't hate, I don't hate Superboy. Like I understand that he's, He's an ineffective. He's ineffective as a hero. He's got practically no morals. Right. He's uh, and yeah, and he's way too dangerous. To he's way too irresponsible to have that much power. Oh yeah. And people have gotten hurt as a result. Like he needs to be stopped. Uh, Definitely. A pilot. A pilot has died, and now a bridge has been destroyed. Several bus have been touched. Presumably, many <laughs> hundreds of people are going to die in this bridge explosion. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, this is kind of, these are the moments that are like Superboy grow up. Okay. Right? Before we, those moments, before we end all together, the pregnant spaceship, am I supposed to know what this is? Cause that spaceship looks like it either has cancer or it's pregnant. One of the two. 
Shut up. It's loaded. We're not, I mean, you're not supposed to recognize it from anything other than uh, if you were a, an eagle-eyed reader in 1993, you would recognize it as the spaceship we see uh, when Cyborg Superman accesses the White House computers. Okay. All that so stuff. other than that, this isn't like a dun-dun-dun, like moment. Right. When no, you, look, it's just when like, you see the, the next it, trade, you'll... They, clearly reveal what it is okay it's i have not read that far like, so that's why I would it's, a, it's a it's a yeah. spaceship with a recognizable design so that when you see it again you're like oh that's that thing that's bad it's certainly right and, and that's also on it. it's certainly recognizable. and also <laughs> um it says you know it, it ends with you know the weapons are primed for war it's right. gonna right. reach earth in three days weapons primed for war so it's it, all you're supposed to know is that it's a spaceship coming for earth to do bad stuff fair enough so that is the reign of the Superman. The next, uh, the next kind of chapter of this saga has been relabeled by DC as the return of Superman, which makes perfect sense when you read the first chapter. At the time, all of the issues up to the actual return of Superman with the mullet and the cape and the costume. Yeah. They were all labeled reign of the Superman. But now, now it's rise these, or return. Now it's return. return. Now, return. now they've labeled it return. And, and I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if this is a spoiler, Matt, you can edit this out if you think, but there's a very obvious kind of turn, a uh, turning point in the story in the next chapter. Okay, which don't is say this then. Comics. Don't say this. Cause I don't want to spoil say, for I, me. Okay, I'm not going to, I won't reveal anything. Yeah, but I just don't want to spoil for me. I have not read it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The, the, the next, the next trade, the return of the Superman, uh, return of Superman trade opens uh, with a very strong turning point in the story. Okay. And so it's, it's very obvious why DC has now split these into two. Retroactively said, this makes sense for a break here. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. But yeah, so this this was Reign of the Superman, and now we're ending on a cliffhanger, and the return of Superman begins in earnest in the next volume, the grand finale of the Slack Issues 30th anniversary retrospective Oof. of the death of I might cry. Oof. So as of this point, as someone who's never read this before, love Cyborg Superman. Love him. Can't get enough. He's the best. And his story is yeah. cheeseball and stupid. Ray-Ban Superman. Don't buy it. Whatever. But he's cool. Steel. I, feel I mean, he's nothing. not, he's nineties. He's 90s cool. I feel nothing for steel. And I feel like they really gave him short shrift with his street level story, which is just stupid and silly. And the white rabbit is awful. Superboy is the worst, just the worst. I hate him. Couldn't hate him more. <laughs> you know, um, man of steel. If I, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, like thinking back, Superman, the man of steel by Simonson and Bogdanov, was always more of the street level kind of book where it's like Superman was dealing it really? with real people and real problems. So the Superman books- I, I do feel like that's accurate, yeah. The Superman books would often uh, take on a, a certain tone uh, and it would become more obvious later on where like they did it on purpose. But sure, like, sure. Superman is your superhero book. Action Comics is also a superhero book, whatever. Adventures of Superman is about primarily about the supporting cast- and Man of Steel was like, this is Superman and how he relates to real people and real problems in Metropolis, like Suicide Slum or yeah, yeah, Underworld yeah. or whatever. Okay. All right. And that was what Man of Steel was. Like later on, the Superman office would like create a, like they would actually demarcate the books where like 
Superman, the Man of Steel in its later years became a hardcore sci-fi superhero. Yeah, that's, and that's then, kind of when I started reading yeah, it. Superman's the flagship. Adventures yes. of Superman is this. Action Comics is this. And um, that was during the Joe Kelly. Yeah. Joe Casey, um, Mark Schultz wrote Superman. The That's Man when Steel. I really started. Mark Schultz, Superman. creator of Cadillacs and Dinosaurs and Xenozoic Tales. I loved very, Mark Schultz. Superman. Very sci-fi fantasy it kind of great. writer. I loved it. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what's going on here as well. Like Superman, the Man of Steel was the street level. Okay. Kind of, you know, but yeah, could have been executed. Do you guys have any other thoughts about what we've read, what we read this, this time around? Buy it, skim it. Leave it. This is a Leave hardcore it. buy it for me. I love Reign of the Superman. I'm, I'm giving Superboy a leave it. I'll give no, 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 I'm saying the book that he's in, the book that he's in, I would give a leave it because he was a slog to get through. I did not like the character. The book that cyborg Superman in is in is great. The book that are that Ray-Ban Superman in is, is good and steel. It's, it's, I just, it's a leave it for me. I can't, I don't like these books without reservation for me. Brain of the Superman rules. Therefore. So I'm half and half this chapter. I got to give a skim it. That's where I'm at. Worst buy it possible. It's a skimming. I like where Hugo's what? head is at. I like where Hugo's well, head is at. The worst buy it possible. So you're giving it <laughs> so a buy it. So it's almost a skimming. Highest skimming, low, lowest low, buy, it. buy it. It's like gotcha. right it's, right. It's, a, it's a B plus, A minus. I feel like Hugo and I agree every time. This is great. I love it. <laughs> I think he's just trying to get in your good graces. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with a buy it. I um, Yeah, I, I love it. It's great. Fair. Yeah, and Joe, it for sure, it's buy a romp. It. It's certainly a romp. Yeah, and you know, it, it's fun to look. At, yes, I think the art is amazing as well, Hugo. Um, Most of it. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil anything uh-huh. for Matt or Hugo or anybody who might not know. But it's really fun to look back at this with the knowledge I have now and and see where these characters have gone and how they've evolved, especially Steel and Superboy say what you will about where they are at here in this and, and the stories that you read, you liked them or not. Um, I think that they were absolutely brilliant characters like well done DC for, for coming up with these two guys. Fair, fair. I think my love of the cyborg yep. Superman comes from what it's, Jeff Johns did with him later. Well, and cyborg absolutely. Super, cyborg like, Superman absolutely. is a great that villain. character was so scary. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Super, Superman doomsday hunter prey. It rocks. Fair it's enough. so fun. Oh yeah. I, I need to, I need to get on that one. Never I yeah. that. Oh, it's so good. Never um, I would, uh, uh, it also, I it's would, also, that's the series that gives us the origin of doomsday. Like where did doomsday mm-hmm. come from? Is, come they have these like, they have these like covers where it looks like they're coming out of fire. There's beautiful covers. Like it just, yeah. um, what I love about this book though, is it, and I feel like we talked about this earlier is the, um, the epicness of the cast because, um, in a vacuum, Superman is not an interesting character because he is, he's most at most interesting when he's in a very complex tapestry of other characters trying to figure out how to be a human and how to work with them. So the more you build Metropolis up to be like a very complex system of corruption and politics and this and that and science and labs, like that makes him even more interesting. So this to me is like my favorite era of Superman. That's fair. Totally. I, I, I think it's uh, the current question of the week from Brian Domingos in, on our Discord. The two. Yeah, yeah. That's a um, good one. Well, like, what's your favorite? What's your favorite version of a fictional place? 
And I like the more I think about it, the more I think that the post-crisis Metropolis, uh, like all the way up to I don't even know when it ends, like it, New Fifty Two, like all the way Probably. up to two thousand and eleven. Yeah. Yeah. So from nineteen eighty-seven to two thousand and eleven, that that Metropolis, it feels like a real lived-in place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I love it. It's my favorite version of Metropolis. No, this Metropolis far. kicks ass. Yeah. No question. It's my favorite part of this is like yeah. everything they've done in Metropolis. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a cliche, but it's a character. Like Metropolis is a character. Don't fret, super friends. The Slack Issue Super Crew will once again join forces. To finish off this mess that Joe got me into, we'll be doing the return of Superman. He's got long hair. He's wearing all black. I'm told it's a whole thing. So I'm going to get myself ready for that. I'm guessing my therapist won't let me do it until at least Thanksgiving. Joey, now that we've added Superboy for the friggin' pervert that little pervert is, it's time to head up to the THN Sanctum Sanctorum. <laughs> talk about our must-read picks for next Wednesday, September 13th. It's a very wholesome place. We don't put up with garbage like that, okay? Yeah, I'm sure we've never made jokes about, like, orgies or ritual sacrifices. Not on like this that, show. Drug use. Tasteful. Yeah. That's what we yeah. are. For the kids. Right. Mm-hmm. My pick for next week is Avengers Inc. Number one, Avengers Incorporated, if you want to get uh, technical about it. It's from Marvel Comics. It's written by Al Ewing with art by Leonard Kirk, two of my favorites. It's 40 pages for $4.99. Here's your solicit. Action, mystery, adventure. Her name is Janet Van Dyne. She's a hero. She's a celebrity. She's hunting a killer. His name is Victor Shade. He's a villain. He's an enigma. He just got killed. He sounds like a and real together, jerk. <laughs> I know. They're out to solve every mystery in the Marvel Universe, starting with their own. Al Ewing and Leonard Kirk bring you a whole new style of avenging. Of avenging, not avenging. Yeah. From a whole new style of Avengers. Look, you had me at Al Ewing for one thing. You had me twice with Leonard Kirk. And then you give me this like pseudo noir murder mystery detective angle. I'm like, yeah. This checks off all my boxes. I'm in big time for this. I can't wait to read it. Did we know this was a thing that was coming? I feel like this just snuck yes, up out of nowhere. Did, and no, we did. Okay. And I'm sure we even talked about it. I don't um, think we did. Cause I was like, what is this book? I knew nothing about it. I'm excited. I like Al Ewing and I love when he writes the wasp. His wasp miniseries was great. If you didn't read it, go pick that up. It was a good time. I just didn't know this was a thing that was happening. We knew it was a thing because I talked about who Victor Shade is. Victor Shade is an alias that was once used by the Vision when he was pretending to be a dude. And so it's this now, like, who is this guy running around using the Vision's old name? If you look at the cover, the guy looks like the Vision. It's a, it's, yeah, it's. So, yes, we talked about this on the show. Maybe we talked about it on the gang hang one week when you weren't there. Maybe that was it. I don't know. But yes, we did know that we did know this was coming. Covers by Daniel Acuna as well. Like, come on. My pick for next week is Batman Gargoyle of Gotham. Number one. This is just in time for Batman Day next Saturday, the 16th. So bust out your cape and cowl. It's Batman Day. You want to be there for the parade at least two hours earlier. You're not going to get in. Okay. This one is. I mean, there's there's at least 
one new Batman ongoing series being launched, probably multiple Batman. Oh, there's like seven coming out, Batman books coming coming next out week. next week. Yeah. <laughs> it's from DC. It's 48 pages for 6.99. This is written and drawn by Raphael Grandpa. Here is your solicit. Eisner Award-winning storyteller Raphael Grandpa's twisted vision of the Dark Knight. When you chase your own shadow, it leads you into the abyss in a Gotham City where every day feels darker and more irredeemable than the last. Batman makes a definitive choice to kill off the Bruce Wayne identity for good and embrace the cow full time. But though he knows the streets of Gotham, Batman will soon come to find that he hardly knows himself. A serial killer is on the loose. And while the murder victims seem random at first, every clue draws Batman closer to the terrifying truth. They're all connected. Not just to each other, but to him. When an all-new rogues gallery of utterly depraved villains begins to emerge from the depths of the city, Batman will have to contend with the very nature of evil, including that which lurks inside the darkest corners of his own heart. To face what's coming for his city, Batman, Gargoyle of Gotham, brings Raphael Grandpa's twisted vision of both the Dark Knight and the city of Gotham to life in a DC writing debut that will reach its icy black tendrils into the deepest and darkest corners of human nature and leave you Gross. gasping for breath and for more. Batman tendrils away from me, Batman. <laughs> Batman, Gargoyle of Gotham will also be available at participating retailers, which tells me you had to order a certain amount to order these or something along those lines in a noir version showcasing the complete first issue art and letters of the story in vivid black and white. I wonder what you had to do to get that noir version. I don't know. They but just said participating retailers. So my guess is you had to order X amount and then you could order. Maybe. It could be, a, it could be any number of Yeah, retail, who knows? But yeah. Now, I'm not certain here. I don't know what's coming, but it sounds like it's not a feel-good Batman story to me. No. <laughs> have you ever read a feel-good Raphael grandpa story? And I'm sorry, it should have been keep your tendrils away from me, grandpa. Yeah. That's the better. That's the sound quote. That's go. the clip right there. No, I'm um, picking I wanna, this because Raphael grandpa. That's that's yes, why. And I wanna I wanna give a little bit of uh, good-natured ribbing to our friend Tim Benson, who uh is a fan of the who listens to the show. I think he listens to the show. He's definitely on the Discord. Uh Tim put up a batch of stuff. He's like, these are some books coming out next week that I'm curious about, but I didn't order. And one of them was Batman Gargoyle of, Gargoyle of Gotham. And he said, I didn't order that Batman one because I, I'm mad at Batman. Or like he, he said some sort of Matt bomb shit where it's like, Time Batman out. doesn't need my help. Why am I, what is, why am I being drugged into this? I picked yeah, it. Because you say that kind of thing all the time. It's I'm like, I didn't, I didn't pick this because it doesn't need my help. That's my Whatever. must read pick. I know, but you know what I mean? But it's like, sir, 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 you don't, you don't skip a Raphael grandpa book because Batman doesn't need your help. You come for the grandpa, you stay for the Batman. Right. If this was Raphael grandpa's ambush bug, then I'm picking it up. I mean, it, yes, it could be, it could be Wonder Woman, the gargoyle of Gateway City or Green Arrow, the gargoyle of Star City. It could be any character well, they all gotta be in any city. What's your gargoyle deal? I mean, any, you know, it's <laughs> insert stone edifice of your choice i don't care <laughs> I don't but i don't know if it's an edifice <laughs> i don't know i don't know what you call those things it's, you're lost in your metaphors a, get out of quite here. a sculpture it's not a statue it's, a cap, it's definitely know. a statue the point being Raphael grandpa is an incredible artist is he a good writer i don't know when it comes to batman i've read other stuff he's written that has been excellent and sometimes when we get into this 
writer that's really good in their own sandbox decides they want to take on something like Batman or Spider-Man. It can go to a place that makes a lot of fans go, ew. I don't know for certain. We're going to find out. I know the guy's amazing at what he yeah. does. I'm picking and, this and to, up. To me, like, it, it, to me, that's like, it's almost irrelevant who the character is it, because it's Raphael Grandpa and I want to read anything that that dude puts out. It's, it's fun that it happens to be Batman. And I also know that it has no bearing on the main Batman book, which, by the way, if you read the most recent Batman, isn't doing too great. I don't know what Chip's doing with this Gotham War thing, but... Called my shot. I told you this is where we find out if Chip Zdarsky is in over his head on Batman. I don't know if in over his head is the way I would describe it's it. It's been getting weird. That's a whole nother conversation. We can talk about it on the Discord because we're not going to be around to review it. Been getting weird. <laughs> Regardless, we digress. Pick this up. Absolutely, Raphael Grandpa is a must-buy for me. The THN must-read trade for next week is The Forged, Volume 1. It's a trade paperback from Image Comics. It's written by Greg Rucka and Eric Troutman with art by Mike Henderson. It's 152 pages for $19.99. Here's your solicit. Collecting the first arc of the comic that combines the pulp sci-fi over-the-top frenzied mayhem, that's all one hyphenated word, of Operation Black Box with the spirit of heavy metal and any other comics you tried to hide from your parents. Meet the Forged. I love that. That's a great line. Yeah. Elite warriors in the service to the Eternal Empress. It's a routine recovery op on a distant world. What could possibly go wrong? Spoiler. Just about everything. Now, we reviewed the Forged number one on the show. We liked it quite a bit. We did. And yeah, this is the collection of the first arc. They they were oversized issues uh, in terms of both uh, content and dimensions. And so it's probably an oversized trade, I would imagine. And it's going to look great on a bookshelf. The art is outrageously good. Eric Troutman is a writer that we kind of haven't seen for a while, but he used to do great work with Rucka at DC and on his own at DC. And I'm glad to see those two buddies teaming up again to put out this book. Check out The Forged. Check out THN episode 698 if you want to hear a review of The Forged number one. There you go. If you don't want to let your grandpa down, be sure to pre-order these comics so you can read along with us and tune in next week to hear our reviews of these picks. We're going to talk fact, about them. Ra- Raphael Grandpa is my actual grandpa. I don't think that's true. Mm, I don't think it. that's true. Seems like the prove age it. difference doesn't quite work. <laughs> prove it. No judgments. Excelsior! That is it for THN 715. Next time, we're back to the new comic show, and we're going to give you a taste of our Patreon Extra, where Joe is hosting the TLDR edition of the latest DC Night Terrors event that changed everything. Not really. To be fair, it did change some things. <laughs> it changed some things. It changed some things. More than I was expecting. In the meantime, check out our Nerd News Update show. It hits your feed every other Monday. And join us for the THN Cover to Cover Gang Hang on Saturdays at 11 o'clock Central Time. Check out our Discord for more details on that. Joe, what else can these jerks do at our Discord? Maybe all you want to do is talk about Ahsoka morning, noon, and night every day of the week like I do. You can do that on our Discord. Keith Binder is there doing the work, putting in the service. Maybe, though, you just want to answer the question of the week. 
This week's question is courtesy of Mark Terrington via the Discord. It also kind of have a, has a Star Wars theme to it, kind of, sort of, but slant. not really. But a Star Wars it. slant, I think. Slant. It yeah. starts. It starts with Star Wars. It ends. You know, the possibilities are endless. Mark writes, "Quote: My position on the Ewoks is well documented. I believe that they are terrifying predators with a taste for human meat." I started to suspect this from the very first time I saw Return of the Jedi as a child. I felt what the filmmakers wanted me to feel while I was watching it. The Ewoks seemed cute and funny, and the idea of them fighting stormtroopers was comedic and, when they got hurt, tragic. But I couldn't shake the scene where they're going to eat Luke and Han and are so set on doing so that they won't stop when C-3PO asks them to even though they think he's a god yeah so my question is what small detail of a story from comics books or films made you feel or think something that may not have been what the creators originally intended there are already a couple of fun answers in the discord about like the Star Trek transporters but like like that little so, kid in St. Elsewhere and the final episode where he looks in the Right, snow about how, yes, about how every show ever made since 1980, whatever, yeah. is, exists in this well, autistic NBC spinoffs mind. anyway, right. but yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So unintended story consequences that you came to believe, even if the creators didn't necessarily intend you to. Yeah, or maybe they like, they totally missed it. And everyone else is like, this is what you're telling us, bro. Well, sure. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. Maybe it's so obvious to everybody but the creators. Yeah. You can sign up for our Discord with the link at twoheadednerd.com slash Discord, where we've got channels for all of our segments. Or you can send an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com, and we'll put you on the show. If you're new to the show and you'd rather try on dresses in front of Ewoks than listen to any more, I assure you, you should know they don't just crave human flesh, they're perverts, too. And maybe you just haven't heard enough. The good news is you can hear the entire run of THN in our digital longbox archive at twoheadednerd.com. THN is a listener-supported podcast. It would not be possible without the generosity of donors like our new patron, Kyle Fox. If you like what you hear every week, it's easy to support the show like Kyle Fox does. He's even cool enough to not put an E at the end of his name like Steve Foxy, so we can't make fun of him. Good for you, Kyle. Doing it the right way. You can sign him to be a patron at patreon.com backslash two-headed nerd. I mean, one could argue that there's no reason for us to make fun of Steve Foxy's name either, but if you just spelled it correctly, we wouldn't have to. It's that simple. Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to Tommy Trembath, one of our longtime listeners and host of the Comically Confused podcast. Tommy, who our Discord members may know as Tori, Tommy Trembath is her pen name, recently started a new podcast, Transcending Comics, one of the only podcasts, if not the only podcast, dedicated to comics that are either by or about trans people. The show is several episodes deep by now and has already featured a ton of great creator interviews speaking on transgender themes and characters in comics. Word to you, Tori. Keep up the great work. You guys can find Transcending Comics on Spotify or wherever you regularly find your podcasts. Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics or your small, cute, furry retailer might just devour you. This is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off.